Pollution Attack. First two tracks, Toxic Avenger and second one? Well, the first one is Flash Gordon, the uh, second was Toxic Avenger. Ah, I always get everything wrong. But we're back, Kyle Radio, Full House today. It's Yay. me, Aaron, uh, host and my co host slash co producer now. I think you deserve that co producer credit. Oh, yeah. yeah since yeah. we recorded more work <laughs> and more responsibility. Also, do a bunch of the work to produce this. Returning, uh, Audrey, who's been a feature on the last few. Mm-hmm. She's the mama bear yes. of the Kala crew in Japan. Takes Just, care of uh, all of us. The, the Kala crew kids, the KKK. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Can we actually say not that? Not really an acronym we're going to start using regularly. <laughs> I wish no. there was like an like a audio way to do the Simpsons colorful, like just, just the sound. <laughs> I don't know if that works. But we also have a special guest we're happy to have. Uh, maybe you've heard of the band Disrotted. They toured here in December of 2016. I think was we were it? here in January. Of 2017. Yeah. Yeah, oh. That's what you were saying I earlier. was just here six weeks ago. Yeah, and I, was, yeah I, was, I was thinking it was actually December or November. So, but the Tokyo Time Warp, Adam of Disrupted fame, pretty rad band. What are you doing in Japan? Just hanging out, man. Just hanging out. Seeing uh, the last tour was chaotic. It was sixteen days, and it felt like two. Wow. Oh, all no went sleep. Too fast for you. Yeah, it was just uh, crazy. So I decided to come back and just enjoy myself. I googled Disrupted on my way here and the like seventh or eighth hit was the interview you did with Matt uh, oh yeah um, 
in December, I believe, is when mm-hmm. you, he interviewed you. And so I was proud of our SEO game. Once mm. again, call us <laughs> call search us engine optimization. We know what we're doing yeah. on that and in literally no other area. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I remember reading that interview, and you spent most of your time here in Tokyo, right? For the last tour, yeah. Because um, we were here in 2015. I know we went to... Osaka. We went back on this recent tour. Right, we went right, to Nagoya. Right. You, you got some friends down there in Osaka. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know the guy. Um, well, it's just the one guy, Guilty Connector or Guilty C. Mm. He's uh, kind of a staple in the noise scene in Japan for the past like twenty years. So it's kind of mm. we played a set with him. That was kind of mind blowing. Where did you play in Osaka? Uh, Bears. Bears. Oh, uh, Namba Bears. Yeah, which was just mind-blowing to be in seeing all the band graffiti from the past like 30 years on the wall wow. seeing like brutal truth the locust no you know, oh, and wow. boredoms Whoa. just like it was kind of awesome just to be in that that place you know and when you and guys the show were, was cool uh and that is anal c word uh the balls jar <laughs> Go down to Osaka in 2015. Yeah, we did. We played uh, Kunpas. It's sort of a bigger venue, and our tour got combined with another band, uh, Rectal Smegma. Oh, because they were here for OEF. Did oh, yeah. you guys play OEF? And did you guys uh, also play OEF? Because I know Rectal Smegma came here for Obscene Extreme. We didn't. One of my other bands, we played the one in Czech Republic uh, a few years ago. And also played the one in Mexico, but they were like grind bands. Mm-hmm. And Kirby is not really big into like Doom, mm-hmm. uh, even though I know he said he tried to get corrupted to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said for, we wouldn't fit on the bill, which I understand. Mm-hmm. So we we still went and had a great time. Awesome. Yeah, which days did you go? Uh, I think two days. Was it two day, two day fest? It was uh, four days. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday oh, okay. was like an after party. So I went really to the nights for. Master played. I think Mel Banana played that night. Uh, I saw Unholy Grave. Nice. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so it was those two nights. Okay, so it sounds like you went Friday and Saturday. Yeah. I think Mel Banana played, because I went Saturday, uh, Saturday and Monday, because okay. I work on Sunday, and I miss Mel Banana, but I did see Master. I did see Unholy Grave on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that was at a club, Club Sita, Club Sita. Yeah, real, real nice place. Yeah. Where is that? It's in uh, Kichijoji. Hmm. And it's it's really close to the station, but um, yeah, like really, really nice venue. Yeah. And I think it's like a nightclub normally. So. I was about to say I don't recognize the name. Yeah, it, it looks like it was built for like dubstep nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a DJ booth in one corner. Yeah. 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 But uh, it was. I mean, it was definitely a great venue for it. I mean, I think we had a pretty good. It was yeah, excellent it, turnout. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. I think that was the last OEF in Japan, yes? Yeah, for the at least the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be doing many of the international ones. Yeah, uh, I interviewed him uh, shortly before the, the last Japanese Obscene, obscene Extreme Festival, um, and he said it's just too much work, too much time, too much money. And I felt kind of bad, though, because writing about 
Obscene Extreme was my first story that mm-hmm. I got published in the, Jap- the Japan Times. Like, mm-hmm. the first story I ever had published it, like, in a real newspaper. Mm-hmm. So I've always had, like, a soft spot in my heart for Kirby. So, uh, Adam, you mentioned that you're also in other bands. What are some of the other bands that you're in? Yeah, so uh, I sang for an Italian grime band called Delusion mm-hmm. for two years. Kind of on hiatus now. Uh, don't really see myself going to Rome in the next year or so, but whenever I do find my way out there, I sing for them. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a thrashcore band. Okay. Kind of like Flash, we do a Flash Gordon cover, so cool. kind of in that vein. Um, I sang for Sick Tired in Chicago, kind of fast grindcore mm-hmm. band, but I did my last show with them back in December. So right now, I think This Rotted's like my main project. So uh, Sick and Tired is, is no more? It's, it's finished, No, they're basically. still going to... They're going strong, you know, uh, the band existed before I was around, mm-hmm. and it's going to keep going on. They've got a tour coming up in June that was supposed to be with Wormrot and Siege, but both those bands dropped off the tour, but they're still going to do it. There's some other good bands on it, so. Well, it's like Wormrot, I, I, I heard, I was having, like, visa issues, basically. For the States, I yeah, think. Yeah, for the U.S. Because they just played in uh, Europe and mm-hmm. the U.K., so. Yeah. I think they'll be in the States once the whole thing there Oof. clears up. Yeah. yeah, they said they were having, like, issues with the yeah. visa, or they just said, like, I don't know, I think it might have been, like, they just said, like, with everything going on with the Trump administration, yeah. people being denied, like, they don't want to spend the money to just be denied, right? Uh, essentially. Yeah, that's so, and that's that's understandable. I always ask people, um, where did your interest and how did, how did you find out about the Japanese underground scene? Uh very early age i would say i was a freshman in high school when i was running a tape label so i had to be like 14 and i was putting out lots of tapes from local and european like grind bands and of course people like to trade and from there packages from japan were coming in and from there i kind of discovered like harsh noise and uh more noise core and grind core so just kind of went from there what were some of the first bands you had heard of? Can you remember? I know this must be cast in the memory back into the old days. I would say Guilty Connector, Guilty <coughs> C from Osaka, uh, found out about like Mersbound, Masana, right. Gorbion Necropsy. Um, those were some of like the first bands that kind of got me into into everything. That was from there, like Unholy Grave, 324 was a right. big one for me. I'm always curious to know because I didn't. I didn't even get it. It all happened at once. It was, uh, you know, 14, not going out, running a tape label that was doing rather well, and then getting into harsh noise and extreme death matches at the same time. Just every day, there was just packages coming in from Japan to my house. Wow. It was a good time. So your interest in Japan was born from a very young age. That's kind of neat. Yeah. That's kind of neat. I guess I didn't decide to come over here and until I was uh, in my 20s and even after I got here like I didn't even I didn't care much about the underground extreme noise or extreme music scene until Matt Ketchum kept dragging me to shows when I came up to Tokyo and I just got really into it you know it takes like just one band right to get you sucked in and then intestine ballism saw Mountain Koiwa Bush Bash and I was hooked how did you get in Jared? Um, I got into like Japanese. I actually can't remember if it, if I had heard Butcher ABC or CSSO. I was first. just gonna say Butcher ABC yeah. and CSSO. And that was both I was about played. nineteen. So it's always a 
when Naru's around, I try not to nerd out yeah. too much, yeah. but oh. it's just like, dude, you played a huge part in, you know, I hear a upbringing. lot of people say that. Uh, Justin was talking about how much he, he was so happy to have a chance to have seen CSSO yeah. Uh, yeah. while they were still around. Um, and that was, yeah, I saw them at Koiwa Bush Bash 2015. Yeah, it was before I went to, it was before OEF, so it was 2015. They were doing like a reunion show. Yeah. And that was the first time I met Nadu too, and I was like, Hi, like I love CSSO. I'm so glad I could see you guys play. And he's like, oh, thanks, you know. But what was the first record you heard? I'm like, oh, are you excrements? And he's like, oh, thanks, right on. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And then we just stood and stared at each other awkwardly. And then we're like, oh, it's really hot. Yes, it is. It's super Atsui. You know? like, that was a sweet because I just like, didn't, yeah, yeah, he's such a nice guy. But I'm yeah. like, I was so like fanboying out. I was like, Rrr. it's so crazy for me to hear people talk about him like this. Because I first met him at the gallery he used to run. Uh, was it Gloria Del Muerte? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anything about him. I, at this point, I was not even into like the underground scene here. So Matt was just like, oh yeah, this is Naro. He's in a couple bands and he runs this gallery. And I was like, cool. <laughs> nice gallery, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I saw like, uh, and then like several years later, I to understand that he's actually quite a central figure yeah it's sort of a big deal yeah kind of a big deal like i was yeah i now just describe him as like the godfather of gore basically of the tokyo scene so i had the same feeling with uh guitar wolf mm. i met him and i didn't know it was guitar wolf and then i realized who he was and i was like okay cool. sure be cool <laughs> yeah no but like that was kind of hard because everybody was just staring and being like audrey <laughs> i was like Yes, what's what's happening? Don't you know what this well, is? And then I saw, and then I saw Aaron, Aaron's face when I brought him to a show. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes, I got to meet Guitar Wolf uh, when she took me to a show. Got to go backstage and hang out with him. Yeah, actually, it was like it was pointing at his guitar, like. Yeah, you can, you can go for him. We're just like, petrified, being like, no, 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 no. I was like, Aaron is in a band. It's like, no, Audrey, don't do that. <laughs> don't embarrass me in front of Guitar Wolf. <laughs> he is also a real sweetheart. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess most people, most of these kind of guys are when you, once you get to know them. Yeah. But Naru, especially, like, he's, he's only been like super nice to me. He's mm -hmm. been super uh, helpful mm -hmm. for Kala in general. Yep. Um, uh, my band Wretch, he's letting us put our album out on his label. Oh, you uh, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I just asked him one day because um, our drummer, Tom Smith, is like, you got, you know, he knew Naru of, like, Naru of Butcher ABC, mm -hmm. Naru of CSSO, and he was always too nervous to, like, approach him with, you know, be like, can we, can we please be on your thing? And I was just like, hell, I'll do it. And I shouted from across the room, Naru, can we be on Obliteration Records? <laughs> he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> So chill. Awesome. I was like, there, it's done. Was that so hard? <laughs> it's uh, hard to imagine Tom being shy about, like... Tom Smith? Oh, he, yeah. he can get... Well, I mean, it's it's not like a central feature to him, nor, nor is it to you, and mm -hmm. I'm assuming not to you either, to automatically turn into, like, a quivering fanboy, but it's, if it's someone who's done stuff that you really respect, you know, someone you look up to as a figure that's gone miles ahead of you in a, in a row that you want to go down like i can see how that would be be difficult to approach them as like a peer mm -hmm. since i never had that issue right? <laughs> yeah. so uh adam you actually you were saying earlier that you, you come here quite often like a couple times a year yeah it's sounding like you're yeah. here every other month yeah, <laughs> just hanging out uh actually looking forward to uh 
you know, moving here pretty soon, hopefully in the next few months. Uh, yeah, you know, someone told me you're interested in uh, just moving straight to Japan. Yeah, you know, I've done quite a bit of traveling the past 10, 11 years. Really? I always find myself coming back here, so why not? It's a pretty great I'm place. already bugging a few people to start a band, so... Nice. Nice. Wheels are in motion. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you got, a, got anyone in mind? Uh, I, I think Yohei from uh, SE19B and mm-hmm. Final Exit's interested, so we've already been talking about an, uh, oh, right, right, right. You, an idea for... SE19B, they, they were on the tour you were... Uh, yeah, we did a yeah. split CD with them uh, two years ago, and we did a tour with them, and then uh, for this most recent tour, we did two shows in Japan and two in uh, Seoul, and okay. that was... What kind of what kind of project are you guys thinking about? Uh, like a fast band, yeah, yeah, like a fast core, hardcore. Uh, or just... I was thinking something like Terrorizer and Warsaw. Okay, something like, <laughs> like just ripping in your face. Yeah, so I've got a few ideas, and obviously there's tons of people out here I'd love to jam with. So oh yeah, yeah there's no shortage of uh, yeah. I mean, there's I mean, drummers. There tends to be a shortage of like I think every drummer you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I realized that um, pretty much every musician I know is doing double duty, except for you, mm. and that's only because you just now joined a band. No, yeah. after years in Japan, what took you so long? I did something. I didn't have time, and then Daigo asked me. I was like, well, you know, if I have time, let's have fun. And he's like, okay. like, I'm in five bands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't but I've been that guy for years, and I, I think to relax a little and just spend time on one band is kind of a relief. And Well, uh, one of the things that stops me and many other musicians from doing more than one band is the not so much the time as the money factor. Yeah. In, in Tokyo, especially. It's expensive. It, um, you gotta buy studio time. And recording's always a hassle in this city. Like There's issues that I never ran into when I was in the U.S., you know? Yeah. Oof. Where we could just practice in the basement or your parents house yeah, or, yeah, or a garage somewhere. like in my own apartment I could go to my room and play my guitar fairly loudly as long mm-hmm. as my roommate was okay with it nobody cared mm-hmm. but here like the walls are so thin that like I can hear my my next door never cough I can hear his phone vo- his phone when it vibrates that's how thin the walls are so I can't you can't practice guitar you can't practice singing it's uh, so difficult Audrey was also in a, a garage rock band for a while, too, weren't you? Yeah, two. Two? Oh, you were in two? Yeah. Okay, I knew about the one. I was with uh, the Candy Ditches, which was just like Foreigners, mm-hmm. and then a uh, band with the ex-guitar player of Twi- uh, Firestarter and Tingen Lake. Okay, garage rock bands, I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been trying to convince Matt to let me take Kala in like a garage band direction because you know, that um, that documentary is coming out soon it's going to be hitting festivals in the spring uh, it's a really cool scene and it works in a very similar method to the uh, underground like metal scene it seems like a no brainer why can't we do that and he's like well there's a lot of uh, issues actually plus nobody wants to do it except for you yeah. <laughs> like like, I, I have a hard enough time making it to like two <laughs> yeah. shows a month if I'm lucky, you know? <laughs> I was used to go like a, a sh- at least a show every week. That's what I used to do too, especially right <laughs> after Matt recruited me into Kala. After I started hanging out with Matt, I was like, hey, you going to the show this weekend? I'm like, well, I wasn't going to, but yeah, why not? I got nothing else going on. So. Yeah. Well, he was lucky though, because he lived in Higashi Shinjuku, which is like right down the street from Earthdom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's not far from Shinjuku Loft. Mm-hmm. It's 
there's like three other venues like right around the corner from the apartment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, Shimotada there is everything. Yeah, because I I've only been to like basement bar in Shimo. Yeah, but the, the, there is also uh, Shimokita Three. Yeah, that's three. a pretty cool venue. I saw um, the five, six, seven, eight there. Uh, yeah. And there's a bunch of like small kind of venues. I met a French uh, steel top guitar player in a really small bar there when I was with yeah. uh, Tom one night, and he was like, "Yeah, I play at this bar." And I was like, "Where?" There's like four seats. Like this place is like the size of a closet. And he's like, "Oh no, I sit in the corner and I do my steel top was blues." It troubled Peach. What's it called? Sit. Troubled Peach. Troubled Peach. Trouble Peach. Oh, Trouble Peach. It's always tr- it's trouble. Really? Not troubled, right? I don't, I don't know. I'm French. Well, Adam, what's what's your favorite venue? You've been here a lot. Yeah, it seems so. like you've played around Earth quite a bit. Yeah, Earth Dome? Why yeah. Is that? it's just I don't know, like the the vibe in there, obviously the history and just the sound. People just let you crank it as loud as you want. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I've played there three times. I have seen some pretty rad shows there, definitely. Mm-hmm. And they got that great lounge in the back. You know, yeah. like a yeah. to, like plenty of places out. to sit down. That's what I love about it. Yeah, we had like all the music just like covering every discussion. Yeah. Just, just hang out. Yeah, and yeah. you can like just chill out. And I mean, I'm, I, I'm also, I really love Earthdom as well. Um, and I think partly because is I, I love it so much because I'm so comfortable there. Like I know the space because I go there so frequently. Right. Yeah, it is a nice little area they got back there. And there's actually a secret passageway that leads out to the back into the into a street. Oh, from I didn't the, know that. Yeah, wow. from the I didn't know either until Daigo uh, used his wiles one night because he's like, oh, shoot, I forgot to get on the advanced list. I'm going to go ask Kubine if she can just get me in. <laughs> it's the same for Loft, uh, where Kapunk uh, was. Uh, I went there when I went to Halloween Ball two years ago. And uh, one of the band members uh, that was playing that night asked me if I wanted to see backstage. And it's super cool because it's covered, it's the same as you, what you described mm-hmm. in Osaka. It's covered with all the lists from all the bands that played since Loft. Oh, like their set lists? Yeah, and oh, it's right just on. like there is a room and then there is this long corridor that goes like, there is two scenes. So it's like, there is two scenes and there, there is that corridor that just like goes behind it. And then you can go that up, up a few floors. Mm-hmm. And you just open the door and you're in the building where Loft is. Okay, I'm assuming this is the one that's like the, um, it's the main stage, not the kind of bars, the smaller bar stage, right? Uh, you enter from there. Okay. Yeah, this is where the big room is. It's, okay. It's so, it's so dirty and like covered in, in, in lists. Oh. And like you don't know if you're sitting on a list, if you're a list. <laughs> just uh, just melt. I have become a list. <laughs> like, guys, guess what? I'm a list. <laughs> I guess I'm a list now. Cool. I figure a lot of the bigger venues must have that just to load in equipment. Like I can't imagine like having trying to load in like Marshall stacks going down Earthdom's like skinny narrow staircase yeah. and yeah. navigating that like corner. Yeah. And then going through like two you know those uh, heavy duty doors. Yeah, but I think that back that back door. It's like behind the... Don't give away the secrets. Uh, okay. I can't <laughs> Here's how to sneak into shows in yeah. Japan without paying any of the bands. I'm also a big fan of uh, El Puente. I was just going to say, that's right up there as well. Yeah, I think partially because it was the first show I ever went to. Basically, it was like, God, it was like early 2015. I'd already lived here for you know just, just over two years. 
And uh, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to go to a show. Like, because I didn't really know how to get into it. And that was one of the reasons, you know, me and Matt were talking about when we were talking about the whole Hala thing. And, you know, I didn't know where to start. Like, there was Tokyo Gig Guide, and that was fine. And sometimes I'd see, like, flyers on the street and stuff like that. But anyway, like, just I just saw, like, a self-deconstruction, senseless apocalypse. Oh, okay, so this would have been self-deconstruction when there was four members, right? No, it was three. Really? So Dude had three. already... Yep. Because uh, the first time I saw them, uh, they had two vocalists. It was Kubinay and um, a guy oh, whose name yeah, I can't this remember. Videos. Yeah. yeah. See, I had actually thought it was going to be a four-piece also, because um, I had seen the videos, because I hadn't heard self-deconstruction yet, but I'm like, I know Senseless Apocalypse. This is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah. I just went. I remember talking to people um, shortly, like when the dude told everyone, I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave self-deconstruction. And everyone was like, oh, we don't know if... I, mean, well, I won't name names and embarrass people, but they were like, oh, I don't... I wonder if Kubinay's going to be able to, like, pick up the slack and, like, take charge and be, like, a, the fierce front person now. She totally yeah, yeah, she absolutely did. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah. like... Like, she knocks it out of the park yeah. every time. I, like, yeah. I... I wish I could... I wish I could vocals like she vocals. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> many people do. Like... Yeah, like no, she's, she's incredible. A little, she's a that whole band is amazing uh, to just watch. Yeah, I mean, like uh, they play so often. I can't. Oh man. Yeah, they play all the time. It's like every at week. least two times a month. Yeah. It's crazy. Like Jito is probably one of the most talented drummers. Yeah. Um, and like Kuzuha is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing guitarist. Mm -hmm. They're so much fun to see. Yeah. Like I, I yeah, love yeah. watching them. I love seeing them, and they're actually the band that I see the most. Like, I've actually said in, like, this year, I'm going to try to see them less because I always yeah. go to their shows and I always see them. No, it's, it's like them and Guevna. Like, yeah. I've noticed. Like, I've, I've gone through the archives of Kala, and we mention those bands more than any other because they play so much. And it's a great so time prolific. every time. Yeah. Like, one of the jokes I made when I was interviewing uh, Paul from Funeral Sutra was that, like, I'm pretty sure, like, Rio will, like, go to bed. And he'll wake up and he's like in his like performance gear. He's like, "What happened? <laughs> Did we do a show last night?" He's still got his sunglasses. Yeah. On. He's like, what? Oh, I did it again. He's like a sleepwalker, except he just like gets up out of bed. He's like, "I'm gonna go do like a like a disco doom show." Uh, why don't we take a short break? Why don't we play some Disrotted? Oh, uh, what's a good track? I'd probably I'd probably say the last song on the. Uh, Divination album. Uh, I only have Disrotted. Divination is actually on my wish list on Bandcamp, but I haven't picked it up yet. So. Let's play the first song off the, the first album. Alright, alright. First song. about that one. <laughs> the Spell of Madness. That's what it's called. Disrotted.
And we're back. Caller <laughs> <laughs> Radio. Uh, you just heard the first track from Disrupted's first album, yes? Called Zelda. Called Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> and that was the working title. The, the actual title is Spell. Spell something. Spell of Madness. Spell something. Spell, spell, spell of, madness. of Madness. No, I mean, that happens. Like, I Rich will think of a name for a song that's, like, appropriately metal, but we don't ever want to say it. So we'll just be like, that's the one that goes da dun da dun da dun. Ah, yes. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. I don't know. We just, we like, this is our power violence song. This is our crossover song. Right. This is our gore grind song. This is our metalcore song. <laughs> oh, during the break, uh, we talked about um, me becoming a pro wrestler. Yep. Yes, uh, to become a pro wrestler. I wanted to save it for dinner, but. <laughs> no, I just um, was listening to an episode of Street Fight Radio where they were interviewing a dude who has a podcast dedicated to uh, wrestling cool. and how he had to stop covering WWE because of um, their close ties to the Trump administration. Oh, like, yeah. They yeah, literally bought Linda McMahon a position yeah. in, in like, the administration. That's been a weird one for me because I think morally I, I need to just stop. But the problem is that's the best wrestling because if they've got the most money they have they can invest in like developing talent and all this other stuff. the best wrestling. I mean, even growing up, I would watch it because it's on TV, but all the, to me, personally, like, the best stuff came from Japan, so I had to spend a lot of money on importing cassettes of, like, VHS tapes at the time. WWE's, I'm always going to enjoy it, but it's kind of a weird situation. uh. Yeah, these days. Adam, also, during the break, you mentioned, uh, or we were talking about, um, Tomowaki from Catasexual Urge Motivation did uh, some guest vocals or a new 7-inch, is it? Uh, a split LP uh, with a Canadian band called Urn. And, uh, so just rotted and Urn. And Urn. That should be out any day now mm-hmm. in the States. And uh, There's a label in the UK that's going to be... that helped in distributing it. Mm-hmm. So it should be pretty easy to get. And working with him still seems kind of surreal because I met him in Yokohama when we played there in 2015 I'm guessing at El Puente yep he came out and uh, he ended up really liking our set and we stayed in touch after I came back to the states and I just kind of pitched the idea to him and he was on board 100% we uh, went over kind of the lyrical content of the song and kind of talked about like where he should come in what sort of effects to use so we really uh, communicated a lot during the whole process and uh, I think he came out pretty cool this was while you were in the u.s yeah so we just swapped files we sent him uh the studio track and just some ideas on what to do and yeah he really uh he nailed it cool it's kind of crazy to it's another situation with like uh with naru um getting to work with him and meet him and be friends after spending a lot of my teen years listening to his bands it was the same thing with with him, it was just like, yeah, I grew up listening to Catasexual Urge Motivation, and now, 15 years later, whatever, we're working together on something, so, really so cool rad. experience. So that's cool, we'll be looking out for that, uh, uh, split LP, and we'll probably play some on call radio, if that's fine with you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Could we play it this episode? Yeah. Well, yeah. is it available? Could we... Yeah, I think, um, Cult Nation streamed the uh like a premiere of both sides and um 
it's been online, I'd say for like the past few weeks, people have been able to listen to it, and it's been getting a lot of support before the actual record comes out, which is really weird for us, because usually a release will come out, and then we'll put it online, and we'll right, solely right. pick up Steam, but you'll, anyone that's in a band that does that, they'll see like a release comes out, and it isn't like three or four months later, that's when people start picking it up and yeah. talking about it, where yeah, yeah, yeah. this, we really put the time and effort to have it available before so people could pre-order it and at least, you know, get to hear it before it came out. Well, with any luck, we'll be able to put a couple of those tracks up on the back end of the episode. I might not know the title of the song either. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> so, that's fine. No, we'll, we'll, we'll be... What, what's the nickname for yeah. the song? Uh, <laughs> Monster Mash or something. Yeah. Like that. Monster so, Mash. Uh, working in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if my bandmates are listening. I, I <laughs> don't know any of our song titles. Yeah, earlier you mentioned that you're looking to move to Japan. Yep. What's going to happen with Disrotted after the move? Are you guys going to keep trucking along? Yeah, oh yeah. Be a um, whenever I go back to the States, you know, we'll tour or play shows. Uh, they've already let me know they're interested in doing another tour once I'm settled here. We've already started mapping out and working on the third LP, which was looking to be like a two LP or triple LP release. So we've got a lot of stuff on our uh, to-do list. So we're all really happy with, with the band and the reception it's gotten over the past few years. So I don't think just by me moving, even though it's really far from Chicago, should be a reason to, to mm-hmm. stop the band. Especially in this age when you could just swap files yeah. and yeah. do everything online. It, it's... There's no reason to. If you're interested in living in Japan, and if you're a Westerner and you want to come over and live in Japan and work in Japan and have a visa that keeps you here, how do you do that? Well, there are a couple different strategies. Um, Easiest one for any English speaker is obviously teaching. Some of the things that will trip you up when you're trying to do this is having an arrest record. Uh, There are ways to get around that. Um, For instance... When I first started teaching in Asia, um, all that my, the recruiter, I went through a, a recruiting agency, which will try, you know, take a resume and try to shop it around right. Asia, mm-hmm. try to find you a place. They told me you just need to get a background check from whatever, from, you know, like a local background check from wherever city uh, issued you your driver's license, which for me was like a city of like twelve thousand people. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I didn't have any. I didn't have a record there. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get that notarized, and then you get it apostilled, which is like an international kind of notary. And then that'll count. For Korea, you have to get a federal, like an FBI background check, and that can take months. That's what I have. Because yeah. I, I was offered a, a teaching job in Taiwan a few years ago, and I, I had to get all the fingerprints. And yeah, yeah. So. it's a big hassle, right? Yeah. Japan, when I when I came here, uh, the company that I work for, which will remain nameless, um, all they wanted was like a quick and easy like online background check. It's pretty easy to do. You just sign up, it costs like 20 bucks. You get a form that you can email to somebody. What kind of background check did you have to do to work? For I didn't have to do a background check. Really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, no way. So I work at an Ikaiwa. Um, I was already present here, though. I had already moved here for school, and about a year later, I started working. Um, I didn't need a background check or anything. They just 
but everything was done online. Even from here, uh, you go to the uh, an interview, oh, and okay. they interview you, and then um, they basically uh, assign you a location to work at, a school to work at. Um, so it was all pretty easy. But I know I know plenty of people, and I work with plenty of people who got their visa through the Akaiwa, um, and they yeah. just applied from overseas. So maybe you need a background check in that case. I'm not sure. Um, I would just go on the website and find out. What was really funny was that the first time I applied to the company that I now work for, they didn't hire me. But I knew their application process, and then when I got the, when I got the job to work in South Korea, they were like, well, "Okay, we need you to go get a background check." And I was like, "All right, well, I'll do what this other company wanted me to do: do like an online background check." And they literally laughed at me, and they're like, "Online background check? I'm sorry. Well, we're gonna need like a real background check." <laughs> so that's when I went to like my local police department, and I was like, "Yeah, search the records of like this town of like twelve thousand people." And then I, that was my background check. Didn't search for anything at all, basically. And while I was in Korea, they found this dude from L.A. teaching at a kindergarten who had, like, multiple warrants for his arrest for, like, murder. <laughs> what? <laughs> because, like, yeah, because their background check policy was garbage. And that's when they started requiring, like, a federal background oh, okay. check. And I was like, oh. Should have just uh, let me do the online thing. I bet that, that would have picked up like multiple warrants for arrest in California. Idiots. That's pretty crazy. When was this? Uh, this would have been 2010. Because the law changed while I was there, but I was already like grandfathered in. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, if you want to work in Japan, get yourself a background check. Uh, that Don't murder anybody. Don't murder anybody. <laughs> well, I, I, oh, all right, listen. You can murder a guy or two. Don't so get just... caught. Don't incriminate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a suspect. <laughs> and if you're trying to get a job teaching, uh, the primary hiring seasons are between like uh, February and April. You know, when the school's... Uh, have their change in semester. That's when they mm -hmm. typically bring in new staff. So if you're if you want to come over here sometime in like March, you want to start applying in like January. Mm -hmm. If you want to come over in September, you want to start applying in like uh, August, maybe late July. Yeah, I think with Aikaiwas it doesn't really matter. They're true, basically true, always true, true. hiring. Uh, so um, that's your choice. And Aikawa is a uh, like a private academy. Yeah, it's like a private English instruction. Mainly it's business. Mainly you're going to be teaching adults. Um, a lot of the Akaiwas now are doing kids as well. Yeah. Um, which, you know, as an instructor can be a lot of fun. It's really intimidating at first. Like me, I never had any experience mm. teaching kids. I don't have kids. So that's one way to do it. Like a private company that does uh, for kids like after school lessons. Yeah, after or, school lessons. Or, or like, you business know, guys like or kindergartners. Or, work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or the route. I took was a company that puts teachers in public schools, um, so you're working in actual public schools and dealing with kids, obviously, mm -hmm. all day. I teach first and fifth grade, and it's a lot of fun, um, but that does go by the hiring schedules, typically, uh, that uh, all the public schools use mm -hmm. as well. So those are basically your two options. You can work in public schools, or you can work for private companies, mm -hmm. like private academies. And you can always change over to a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. High was there's a huge I mean, turnover rate because really. a lot of people just use it to get their foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Right. Once you get that work visa, like you can go to another company, you can do something else. And yeah. Uh, will work can be pretty tiring, um, and in a way, it is also customer service. You have to make sure the students are happy with the lesson and everything like that. It's not like you're a, a teacher and you teach. I mean, you do, but like at the same time, like you have to tailor everything to specific. Right. Um, there's a students and sometimes there's things that just don't work out so well 
Whereas in a public school, like no one really expects that of you. My first public school was in Osaka, and it was a junior high, four bad kids, like the kids who'd been kicked out of like all the other schools. And I quickly realized that no one there actually expected me to teach these kids in English. They're just like, "Oh, you're here, and you're you're not having a crying fit in the closet. That's pretty cool." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just stick around. Like, I would bum cigarettes for my students. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to come to Japan, our advice is always, if you want to get your foot in the door, get a visa to stay long-term, is to try to do teaching. Um, and as a matter of fact, Adam, you have some education in that area, do you not? Yes. yes uh, that's. I think that's a big key in moving here. You can either get a bachelor's. I know there's a few countries. I know Taiwan, you could... Go on an associate's degree, a two-year, and uh, find a job. Vietnam as well, mm -hmm. Thailand yeah. too. As if you have a uh, like a TESOL, like a teaching English mm -hmm. as a second language, or a TEFL. Right. Yeah. If you have that and a two-year degree, you could go to some of those countries, but um, maybe some places in China as well. But I know Japan and Korea, you definitely need a yes. four-year degree. You need yes, a yes. certification. You can't murder anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. The college degree is actually for visa purposes. It's not necessarily a requirement for the job. Yeah, so it's I actually for your visa. You could be hired by a school or conceivably by the board of education or, well, probably just by a company without and not have a uh, four-year degree. Yeah. I mean, it's basically expected for most companies and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, if you already have a visa, like, you can still get a job. I mean, I, I didn't have a four-year degree when I started working. But I was a student at the time, so I was yeah. working on my degree, right? Anyway, that was our spiel about how to come to Japan. Yeah. Uh, what do you think you'll do? You want to be a teacher? You want to be a wrestler? Maybe a little bit of both. Oh, uh, you know, I could wrestle with a mask on. Mm. So none of my students well, I know. Feel <laughs> your tattoos might be a little bit incriminating. Possibly easy to mm. spot from a distance. You're probably going to have to wear long sleeves like I do. Oh, I've, yeah. I had to do it before, so yeah. Yeah. thankfully no hands or neck tattoos. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I could definitely play that game. Yeah, it sucks in the summer, like, having to, like, wear, like, long oh, yeah. sleeves yeah, at work. And Tokyo in the summer. It's like all, yeah. my, all my coworkers are wearing short sleeves, and I'm like, I hate you. They're like, why don't you take your shirt off? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, it's, I'm okay. it's okay, yeah. <laughs> Some private academies are okay with it. I know mm. Tom Smith works for a school... Um, he has a full sleeve on one of his arms, and nobody seems to mind. Um, he, he teaches kids, too, right? Yeah, like real young kids, yeah. which I think is okay. Yeah. Um, like pre-K kids don't know what a tattoo is. Um, I've, I've known many people who taught that age group, and the kids just like try to scratch it off with their fingers. They yeah. think it's like a paint or a drawing or something yeah. like that. And I think that stigma, too, in the States is kind of falling more and more by the wayside and here too teaching although much slower. and every other aspect of the, the working world you know people with more and more hand tattoos and mm -hmm. neck tattoos yeah. and, no you know. longer job stoppers yeah i mean we're gonna stop everyone from getting a job there's a lot of people that got neck and hand tattoos when they were 18 and now they're yeah definitely smart people but so what they got some it's tattoos still discriminated really yeah yeah uh, <sighs> I know. <laughs> Why do you think I left? <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, you can't get like, France, right? <laughs> you can't. You can't get a like a, you can't be a med student. 
mm. or like a nurse. Really? Yeah. Really? Because like I, I feel Visible like every nurse I've ever had in the U.S. has. Yeah, tattoos. but like yeah, you but can't, like, you can't, you can't have like a sleeve or something. Like I that. totally oh. had nurses. They will, have, like, full they, they will That's ask crazy. you to wear long sleeves. Oh, you're the best surgeon, but those tattoos. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. Like my my mother is a nurse, and uh, she she has nothing against tattoos since I have some. Mm-hmm. She was pretty like offended at first, but then she was like, well, whatever. Uh, and her views on that changed when uh, they started having interns where she works and yeah she was like yeah she works perfectly fine but we we can't keep her because she has tattoos and th- she works with old people mm-hmm. and yeah old people complain so about that so th- does anyone ever tell the old people like hey we have a real hard time finding people <laughs> so especially, yeah. Yeah. especially in France, there is a huge shortage so yeah, no, in, in Europe in general, I think, except for Sweden, it's a huge problem. Yeah. That's weird. When I was in Portland, uh, when I came back from Korea, I got food poisoning. And I ended up in the hospital because it was pretty brutal. And my nurse had, like, two full sleeves. It's like... I think everyone in Portland has, like, face yeah. tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I think they give them out, like, as soon as you, like, get your driver's license. It's like, oh, you're moving here? All right. Oh, well, I have an appointment at, uh... Bob's tackle and tattoo. Uh, go Could ahead. be a good Bob's tackle. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bait. Oh, yeah. tattoos. <laughs> I think my dad's view changed because, like, uh, yeah, at first he was like, yeah, I don't know, tattoos really going to limit your job. And then, so when I was in high school, well, didn't your dad have a tattoo? No, he doesn't have any tattoos. No. When I was in high school, he was he was getting his bachelor's degree finally, and then afterwards he he got into like computer programming. And before that, he just worked in a warehouse, and he's like, ah, tattoos, you know, blue collar, whatever. Mm. But if you want a real office job, real white collar <laughs> job, move up in the world, you know, don't get tattoos. And then, like, his first day on the job, like, he meets one of his coworkers who's just got, like, a full sleeve, and he's like, oh, I guess you can get jobs in IT. <laughs> like, you can actually get a middle-class job now. That's, you know, a white collar. Did he go celebrate after his first day? <laughs> just, like, his hands all I just opened my mind. <laughs> <laughs> he just got, like, Have you ever played Counting Crows on the show? (laughs) 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 If I'm guest DJ. Well, this is is April Fool's. Oh, Oh, it is. (laughs) Fool John is going to request Candlebox and Counting Crows. So. Coming up next during the break. Up next, Collective Soul, followed by Dish Collective Soul. Man, wallflowers. Oh, man. Collective, like, I totally forgot Collective Soul was a thing at any point in time. When I start asking people to start a band when I move here, just be like, yeah, dude, I want it to be like Unholy Grave meets Collective Soul. <laughs> just see if I'm sure I'll find like a group of people that'll just like knock it out of the park. Yeah. I'm thinking like Psy 
and spin doctors. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that's brutal. Like I feel physically <laughs> ill. <laughs> Just thinking about that. Oh my god, you're oh, no, terrible. No, no, no. You're, this is the worst this show we've been, ever had. This is so bad. This is the worst guest. What have you done to us? What have you I hear that Aaron? so often in my life. Like, <laughs> you were the worst person. Uh, why did we bring you over? Actually, I think Psy's already a weird enough band. Like... Like, I had, I had heard their whole story about how, like, uh, they were, like, the first Japanese black metal band, and they got signed to, uh, with the Death Like Silence records yep. months before Euronymous got stabbed in the head. So I listened to their first album, and I was like, all right, this is kind of pretty black metal. And, like, the next album I listened to, like, the first track had, like, a saxophone in it. Oh, yeah, they're on... <laughs> what? They went to space, man. Yeah, um, they got pretty avant-garde. Yeah. Good band. Oh, uh, how, how do you say that in French, Audrey? Avant-garde. That was, oh. was the exact same what I said. It just with a French accent. <laughs> exactly what I said. I am the, the French representative of everything that is French in Japan. Oh. <laughs> I, yes. 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 End of France, actually. Yes. I so, think so that you were basically the French ambassador. I was going to say, like, I, I am, think the, yeah. the show now has two additional... Yes, the French ambassador uh, over yeah, here, yeah. and then I was I was already a guest once. Oh, okay, so uh, okay. <laughs> Andrea, because she's Mama Bear, she doesn't let us record without her. No. She's what? like she. So, sorry, she's Mama like Bear. I need to make sure that you you guys are not swearing. <laughs> sorry, Mama Bear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is usually what happened. Oh, you know, okay. like, yeah. Apologize. <laughs> well, it's like when it was just like we had a couple shows where it was like just what me, you, and Jordan. Yeah. Oh no, and, and those Jordan those will it's... never be aired. Yeah, those because it was videos. literally just like. This f that yeah. f this like first two minutes in Jordan's like if if and blah blah blah. Man. It's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, dude, okay. But we got really see I'm not that bad. I just <laughs> spiced it up with some uh, with some, some pepper. We we had to do like really lengthy discussions about the incoming meme wars of 2017. Oh yeah, yeah. between the Nazis and the left. That's intense. I was just going to talk about how good Soulfly is. <laughs> uh, oh, deep cuts. Oh, Alright, we're going to go back to the primitive. Uh, we're, we're, we should take a break. Yeah, I'm right. making my way to the toilet. We're going to go out well, Right with, now, uh, we're going to play Jones some... Jones by County <laughs> There we go. <laughs>
Jeez, Morty. And we're back. We're Speaking back. of uh, 90s Wubba music Lubba and... dubs. It's Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. Come on, guys. <laughs> but speaking of Rick and Morty and 90s music, um, the last time I saw that video, whose name I cannot remember, was because um, Dan Herman actually uses um, some like deep 90s cuts. He had that uh, Mazzy Star song mm-hmm. in that one episode where after Morty like buries his own body. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah. Looking down from a bridge or something like that. Uh, and then a couple episodes later, he played another uh, real obscure 90s track that he must, you know, obviously it was something that must have, like, stuck with him since then. And so I looked it up on YouTube, and I just saw the, all the uh, suggested video links of songs I remembered from then. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> Nostalgia. Yeah. Oh, man. Me and Dan Harmon. Dude is super mean on Twitter, but it's kind of funny. Did you ever interact with him? Like, no, I'm, no, I, I have no presence on Twitter at all. I just get blocked by famous people. <laughs> well, that's because your offering do um, have sexual relations with their dads. Yeah, that's my oh. deal. Harassing them online, but that's the great thing about Twitter. How's your social media presence? Uh, I use Instagram just to post wrestling-related things. Uh, a lot of wrestling memes. Now, I haven't gotten into the meme world yet. Like, obviously, I know them. And don't, I get, don't. But I don't know if uh, I'm ready to cross over to that dark <laughs> side of uh, creating memes. I think, I don't know, it's like heroin. So. Yeah, I have friends who create memes, and they've actually, like, created... We have, like, our own private chat. And I don't really post, I just enjoy their memes, but, like... I don't know if I'm, I'm ready just, like, to... Man, you guys are... You guys I'm not are ready for that meme. hard stuff, you yeah. know? Uh, I mean, you gotta go to meme college. You gotta so go to I'm 4chan. gonna be at Earthdome, like, <laughs> go hey, dude, check this out, and then I'll pull you to the side to like get a sneak peek of this meme that I've been working on. No. What do you feel like? Is, is this dank enough? <laughs> is this dank enough? Pretty cool, right? Um, other than that, I run the Facebook page for Disrotted, and uh, that's about it. That's it, guys. I don't have Twitter yet. Sounds like you have a real life. (laughs) Sounds like you have friends. (laughs) Yeah, stuff to do. (laughs) What a nerd. Maka also has a uh, social media presence on Instagram for her artworks. Cool. She's she's often here in the background. (laughs) She's on an important call at the moment. Yeah, important call. But, like, uh, yes, Ambassador, they're all here. Yes. <laughs> Mika also uh, takes photos for Kala on occasion. You've probably seen them on the website. She did our gallery yes, for she, uh, Grindfest. She posted under Christian out of the park. Granum. That's actually Mika. Yep. That's her, that's her <laughs> stage name. She's also Norwegian. And, uh, <laughs> well, that's actually Chris. Chris is a real person. <laughs> we're just going like, to erase Chris. <laughs> She's gonna love that. <laughs> um, but no, she did. She did all the photos for our gallery that we posted uh, after Grindfest uh, last year, yeah. or this past year. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that Nanami was there. Yeah, also selling beer. Like we were there selling uh, craft beer, and she was there with I can't remember who. Kenji. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he also had a beer table. So yeah, so we were competing with each other, sort of. It was a friendly competition. Uh, but it's difficult to compete against Nanami, who is. A uh, very attractive young woman and has a, the like the sweetest voice. Yeah, yeah, just like a... yeah. So, uh, but that, that was a lot of fun. Um, but Mika also has a new store up on Share Six. Society Six. Society Six. I'm sorry. And what wow. what is what is the page? Uh, Mika Ella. Mika Ella. Yes. And we'll have that in the the notes probably later. 
Um, go buy her stuff, buy her things, give her your money. She does great artwork, and uh, Audrey, of course, also does great artwork. Well, thank you. She's, oh. our, she's our flyer master now. Yes. We should uh, mention the Patreon for the second time. Oh, yeah, we all, <laughs> also has a Patreon, so uh, please also, while you're giving them your money, also give us some of your money. We've had this thing for well. like six months, and we have mentioned it one single time yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. One time. And that is, that is the only time anyone has ever mentioned it anywhere on Kamala. <laughs> we are terrible about self-promotion. Yeah, we're we're pretty bad. You know, swinging my pickaxe, digging out this precious content that we must <laughs> have. To edit out all these chewing sounds. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, all these like swears. And yeah. people would just stop swearing. Dude, it's just so hard, man. Ah, it's just so. And every time, like someone's like, "Oh, you did a good job there," I'm just like, "Oh, please don't." Say that. Oh, yeah, I even just censored myself because I almost, I almost dropped the f bomb. Oh, this is the worst part. Like, is after we're like three, four beers deep. <laughs> like, is it, is it like this for normal people? Like, can you not swear? Can you go like twenty minutes without swearing? This is the longest I've gone. I can see it. You, you, yeah, you're yeah, sweating. Yeah. He's sweating profusely, <laughs> ripping the side of his chair. And my <laughs> handkerchief. I, I know no one can see this. The handkerchief is just. Drenched. <laughs> like yeah. Every break, we pass around a pillow that we just scream. He's <laughs> <laughs> carrying that torch. Oh, what what had we actually planned to talk about for this? Segment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the third segment, I think.
Uh, I believe it was Cold Chamber, Shock the Monkey. How would you say the playlist has been for today? Uh, so far, I think it's been the best playlist we've had. Uh, I think um, it's appropriate for our, yep. the April 1st <laughs> recording. Um, certainly appropriate for our content yeah. in general. But uh, we're going to say our goodbyes now. Let's do our plugs. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Facebook, Aaron Joseph, uh, Twitter at uh, tuna underscore ghost. Uh, check out Kala, you know, Kala.jp. Uh, you can find our Kala radio at the SoundCloud, Kala.jp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Kala.jp is also on Twitter. Um, yes, they are. And they are. Jared, uh, what do you got to plug in? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty sure my username is jrodimus, and I think you can find me on Twitter, which is j.meadfraser. Oh, but you're never on Twitter. But I'm never on Twitter. Um, if you send me a direct message, that's fine. I'll probably respond. But if you tweet at me, I'll probably ignore you. Don't add me on Facebook. And if you see me at any shows, like, do, do not approach me. Do not yeah. approach me. Do not talk to me. <laughs> yeah, that's it for plugs today, I think. Uh, thanks, Adam, for coming on the show. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, well, we skipped over Audrey. Uh, <laughs> Audrey, no, straight to Audrey. Thank you, Audrey, for coming to the show as well. Thank you, Ambassador. On, uh, for, uh, ambassador. <laughs> yes. You, uh, you're on Instagram. I prefer as... Counselor Troy. She's kind of like our Counselor Troy. What? I also listen yeah. to Counselor you Bear. all cry about your issues. Yeah, <laughs> so she is kind of our Counselor Troy in a way. I've got a lot of issues to cry over. So well, oh boy. You... You're not in the team yet. Oh, <laughs> like no, you're no, just no, a no, guest no, no. here. But soon, soon, you know. Oh. We're family now, so oh. you gotta hear me cry. Oh, soon you will also be able to hibernate with Mama Bear. Anyway, <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram at uh, Suzy Gomeric. Yes. On Twitter at Suzy Kruger. On Facebook at Suzy Kruger as well. And uh, please do not send me your demos <laughs> because I'm tired of it. Uh, I I don't care what you do. I'm no judge wow. of what you do. No, but like I I I'm not the writer. So please don't send that to me. I just draw the flyers, you know. Yeah, send it to Jared. Because <laughs> I will listen to your demos, even if they're terrible. He will. That is his solemn promise to you. Yes. Uh, plugs for Disrotted. You could send me your K-pop demos. <laughs> uh, I will and new metal links. Listen <laughs> to them and uh, give feedback. Uh, if you're in a new metal band, you could <laughs> send that over too. I'll... I appreciate that. No doom or death metal. I, I, I know what it sounds like. This Rotted's going on a U.S. tour in a couple of weeks. So that'll be really fun. And uh, you guys have a Facebook page. I believe it's just Disrotted. Yep, yep, yep. We're on Facebook. Uh, we have a bunch of releases coming out. We just wrapped up the recording for the Split with Clobberat. Uh, there's a split with Urn coming out, which I think we played a track yes. from earlier. Yes, yes. Uh, and I'm moving to Tokyo, so how about that? Yeah, come you to put Tokyo. Put that in your pipe, and you got something to say wish. to Adam? You just come right on over to Tokyo. Are we gonna wrap up with a, a song? Oh, naturally, yes. Nope. We usually. <laughs> Thank you for reminding us. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we usually, it's been a good April Fools. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just play some Collective Soul. Yep. <laughs> Alright, so coming up is Collective Soul, then some Wallflowers, uh, then some, uh, what is that? How Bizarre. Uh, what, oh, what was that? that was a good one. I was going to say, 
I was gonna say Baja Men. Uh, Is it Baja Men? No, that's. Yeah, we have to go meet Rio from Guevna for dinner. We're gonna meet yep. Rio from Guevna. Yep. Uh, Not gonna... a big deal. We do it all the time. I've been. <laughs> I've had a few conversations with him when I'm back home in Chicago. At 1 a.m., I send him the link to Cold Chambers Shock the Monkey. He usually responds with an LOL. Uh, and then I start sending him eBay search results for Static X t-shirts. <laughs> and uh, nice. goes silent for weeks. <laughs> Um, so I can't wait to do this in person. <laughs> I've got a bunch of shirts saved that I want to like run by. <laughs> what do you All mean? right, everybody. Oh, come here, check this out. It's like, yo, what's up, bro? Look at this shirt. Say goodbye. All right, all right, all right.
Yeah.